Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there tuning in with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you, and if it is, feel free to like it and share it with others. If you'll go over to establishedinthefaith.com, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast. You can now get us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others as well. Feel free to contact us there on the website with questions and comments that you may have pertaining to the program today. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 7, dealing with the prayers of the saints. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Turn to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation 5, verse 7. He came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And I want to just stop right there with that verse tonight, and I want to deal with the subject of prayer, the prayer of the saints. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, as I try to open up your word tonight, And expound upon your word. I pray for the preacher to come. The teacher to come. The one that makes preaching and teaching easy. I ask for the anointing of your spirit. Lord help me to. Rightly divide this word of truth. I pray for your anointing upon these people that are here. That they may hear, grasp and better understand your word. Lord, I pray that we'll all be edified and drawn closer to you. And Lord, I just ask these things in the precious holy name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. The 24 elders that we see seated around the throne of God, they represent every believer From the time of Abel, who offered up a better sacrifice than Cain, from Abel right on up to the rapture of the church. And when Jesus steps up to God the Father and takes this book of judgment out of the right hand of God the Father, These 24 elders, which represents every believer, like I said, from Abel right up to the rapture, we see them responding by kneeling before the Lord in worship. And why is that? I believe it is because we will probably realize it more then than we do now. The great price that Jesus paid for us when he died on Calvary. If it wasn't 
for the slain lamb, then that book of judgment will never be opened. That book of judgment will begin a sequence of events that will ultimately bring about the kingdom of God. It will put an end to the things that kill, steal, and destroy. Man's inhumanity to man. The mystery of iniquity that the Apostle Paul spoke of. This book is going to put a stop to all of that. And these 24 elders kneel down and worship before the Lord. I do not believe and think that the church can worship the Lord as it should until we get a better revelation of what Jesus has done for us. I think it is something that we'll always be learning, even in eternity. We'll be learning about the significance of the great price that he paid for us. Now, I want you to notice something else here in this verse, that the 24 elders have harps. God gives them a musical instrument. And not only does God give them a musical instrument, but he gives them the ability to play that instrument. That's one of the ways in which we worship God is through the music. And there are other ways that we worship God, but that's one of the main ways of worshiping God is through the music. Music was created in the very beginning to worship God. But the thing I really want to get in on tonight are the golden vials that are full of odors. Now that word odors is an unfortunate translation in the King James. It simply means an aroma or a fragrance. When you think of an odor, you think of something that's unpleasant. And uh, that's not exactly what is meant here. It is an aroma or a pleasant smelling fragrance. And that's what these vials are full of. Uh, David said in Psalm 141, if you want to flip over there and take a look at this. Psalm 141 and verse 2. Psalm 141 verse 2. David said, let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. Let me read that again. Psalm 141 verse 2. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. Here we have prayer likened unto incense. Incense is a powder. And it gives off its fragrance when it is heated. And keep that in mind tonight as we go along. In the tabernacle of old, you had two rooms. You had the holy place and the holy of holies. 
The Holy of Holies is the place where the Ark of the Covenant sat. It is also the place where God dwelt. Between these two rooms was a veil stretched from top to bottom. Because no one was allowed entrance into the Holy of Holies. You'd be smitten dead on the spot. The only one that was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies was the high priest. One time a year he would go in there and offer blood upon the mercy seat to atone for the sins of the nation. Known as the Day of Atonement. That was the only time someone was allowed into this area, the Holy of Holies. But on this side of the Holy of Holies is the holy place. And on this side of the veil you have the altar of incense. It sat immediately in front of the veil and the veil separated the holy place from the Holy of Holies. The priest, twice a day, nine o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the afternoon, would offer incense upon this table, this altar of incense, also known as an altar of worship. Incidentally, nine o'clock in the morning was the time that Jesus was placed on the cross. Three o'clock in the afternoon is when Jesus said, it is finished. Now, this act of offering up incense was carried out in this manner. The priest would go to the brazen altar with a censer or a fire pan in his hand. The brazen altar is the place where the sacrifices were made. Sacrifices for sin. The brazen altar was a type of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. He would walk up to this brazen altar. He would take a pair of tongs, reach in and grab a hot coal of fire, and place it in his censer. And he would walk from the brazen altar into the holy place, place it upon the altar of incense, and then he would pour the powder, the incense powder, on that hot coal of fire. And the moment that powder touched that hot coal of fire, the smoke of the incense would fill the room and it would ascend up into the air. It is a type of Christ who ascended up to God and he is making intercession for us. I said all of that to say this. Prayer and worship can only go up before God and be accepted of God only if it's based on the cross. 
That's it. There is no other way, there's no other prayer that God will accept outside of it being based and founded on the cross. Any worship that we call ourselves doing, if it's not founded on the finished work of Christ, it will not be accepted of God. Now, a perfect example of what I'm telling you is in Leviticus chapter 10. The story of Nadab and Abihu. They were the sons of Aaron. They went into the tabernacle. And they offered up strange fire before the Lord. They used a coal of fire for washing some of the fire pans or some of the other utensils that were used. It was a fire for religious purposes, but it was not a fire taken from the brazen altar. It was a strange fire. And they offered incense on this strange fire, and God struck them dead on the spot. There are all kinds of music that is coming into the church today. And we've got to be careful of this stuff, folks. Because if you're not careful, you'll be offering up strange fire. And it'll kill you spiritually. It will kill you faster than anything else. All praise, worship, and prayer must have at its foundation. The finished work of Christ. Anything else, God will not accept it. Now, these prayers that we make to the Lord are precious to the Lord. So precious, in fact that we see that these prayers are stored up in heaven in these golden vials as incense. Now, these prayers are heard, and God saves them. Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 6 some prayers that would not be heard. Prayers that would be rejected, if you will. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. Jesus said, When you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Repeating the same phrases over and over and over again. Emptying your mind, meditation, these types of things are not acceptable unto God. Why? Because these prayers are of the heathen who do not believe in Christ and what Christ did for us at the cross. So these types of prayers are not going to be heard. In Matthew 6, verse 8, Jesus said, Be ye not therefore like unto them, 
for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. Now, wait a minute. Just because the Lord knows what you have need of doesn't mean that you shouldn't bring it before Him and ask Him. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. So we should go before the Lord and we should ask Him for the things that we have need of. The Lord wants us to come before Him as His child. Jesus said, unless you become as a child, you shall in, li- you shall in no ways enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said in verse 9, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That is the Lord's Prayer. This is the prayer that the Lord gave to the disciples as a model, if you will, for you and I to use when we pray. And I'm not going to have time to go through all of this tonight. We'll probably take a couple of Wednesday nights to look at the subject of prayer because I believe it's very important. But let me say this. When you go before the Lord, you need to know who you're talking to. Our Father, which is in heaven. He is our heavenly Father. And if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are His child. Understand who He is and understand who you are. You are His child. People out here that do not Believe in Jesus Christ. Their father is the devil. And the sins of their father they will do. Now, the question has to be asked, does God hear the prayers of the unsaved? Why, certainly he does. He hears everybody. He knows everything. But let me stop right there and say this. God is under no obligation to answer the prayers of the unsaved. Let me say that again. God hears their prayer, but he's under no obligation to answer their prayer. Unless it is a prayer founded on the cross of Christ where a sinner comes before the Lord and they're saying, forgive me of my sins. I accept Jesus Christ. At that point in time, God's ear is tuned in to what they're saying. And he saves them 
right there on the spot. And thank God for that. But it would be just like any of you. And I'll use Cassidy for an example. I love Cassidy. I'm not her father. She can come and talk to me. And I can hear what she's asking of me. But I'm not her father. And I'm not obligated to give her anything. She needs to go to her father and ask him to give her a bicycle or a teddy bear or, or whatever the case. Now, out of the goodness of my heart, I may say, you, you poor thing, you. Just out of the goodness of my heart, I'm going to give this to you. God's a gracious God. And he loves everybody. And there are times when he answers the prayers of the unsaved. But again, he's under no obligation to answer their prayer. He's only obligated to answer a prayer that's founded on the finished work of Christ. Our Father, which art in heaven. He wants us to go to him as a child. Secondly, hallowed be thy name. Don't go before the Lord with a big long grocery list of give me this and give me that. And Lord, I want you to do this. And Lord, I want you to do that. That's not right. There's nothing wrong with asking the Lord for things. But don't just go into his presence and start asking him for a bunch of stuff. God's not a glorified bellhop. He don't work on cue. But when we go before him, we should go before the Lord, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and enter into his courts with praise. Praise and worship the Lord and thank the Lord for what he's done for you. I have found in my own prayer time. Most of the time I spend in prayer is in just thanking Him. Just thanking Him for all that He's done. Thanking Him most of all for saving my soul. Thanking Him for bringing me from where I was. Thanking Him for not allowing me to go out into the deepest of sin, the direction I was heading in, but, but sending the right one across my path. And dealing with my heart. And thanking him for, for salvation. Thanking him for giving me this church. And the ability to stand before you each week and preach. Just thanking him for the messages that he gives me to give to you. Thanking him for what he's going to do. And I have found that most of my prayer time is just praising and worshiping Him and thanking Him for things that I've seen Him do in the past and by faith thanking Him and praising Him for what He's going to do in the future. These things that I know are His will. I know it's God's will to save people. I know it's God's will to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. I know it's God's will to heal. 
And by faith, I thank the Lord for the people that I'm going to see saved in the future. I thank the Lord for the healings of whoever walks in that door. I thank God for those healings that I'm going to see in the future. I just thank God for what He is going to do. Hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Not my kingdom. Not the upbuilding of my kingdom or my ministry or my church or my denomination or my business. The things that I want. But thy kingdom. Lord, it's what do you want? That should be the priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all of these other things shall be added unto you. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. This is the only, I won't say the only prayer. The only part of the prayer. But it is a part of the Lord's prayer that has not been answered yet. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Hasn't been done yet. And that being said, it should be a part of our prayer life. There should be a longing within our hearts to see the Lord come back and put a stop to the things that kill, steal, and destroy. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. There's coming a day when these things will be no more. And I believe it's not far off. The opening of this book of judgment that we see held in the right hand of God the Father will begin a sequence of events that will ultimately wrap it up and usher in the kingdom of God. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't have the time tonight to go into the remainder of the Lord's Prayer, but I do want to take a few Wednesday nights and talk about prayer and some things we should pray about and seek the Lord about. But keep this in mind, that when the Lord walks up to God the Father and He takes that book out of His right hand, all of heaven explodes in an array of praise and worship and singing. Because that day of the kingdom of God is near. And that's what the rest of the fifth chapter is talking about. And as a matter of fact, the rest of the book of Revelation is talking about the ushering in of the kingdom of God.
the program today has been a blessing to you. We hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.